All right. So thank you for joining me this morning. And we are back. Another episode of the Record Spinner podcast. I'm joined by our resident audiophile. That's what I'm going to deem him right now. Um, I'm sure uh, we're going to end up, he's going to end up being in some way, shape or form, the co-host or, or some type of like reoccurring person. I'm really excited. I'm always excited to talk to this guy, uh, Ryan Claren. Ryan Claren, Hello. Man, what's going on, man? What's Nothing going much, on? man. No, things are great. Things nice. are great. Just excited to be back here with uh, you and contributing to um, your podcast because I think, you know, I think it's very unique. I think it's great thanks man um, i think you offer and you've carved out for yourself in this podcast like just a really cool place um, appreciate it for uh, all of that content that's out there yeah yeah and and that was the goal when when i first thought about you know what i was seeing in the vinyl space which is is something that i've been a part of now for for a while as you have um and i i saw something that i felt like was lacking and that was a, a lot of people are collecting this amazing music and, and talking about this awesome music and not a lot of people were talking about uh you know the history behind it so i was kind of you know tried to try to weasel in if i could right um mm -hmm. and and i think uh so far it's uh it's been an amazing experience and yeah i'm, I'm happy for all the the all of the the love I've been getting, and and with that said, I wanna I wanna say this that the event that I went to last week last weekend with uh, with some um, some of my brothers uh, from another mother, uh, <laughs> they were awesome. Uh, Black Liberation Music on IG, he invited me to this group of of Black and Brown people who who collect mm. and who are into jazz. Uh, I said that they were, you know, into all types of music. So I have to recant that a little bit. They, they weren't, they were all jazz heads, jazz vinyl heads, deep jazz vinyl heads too. Like very knowledgeable, very smart brothers. Um, one guy, I want to talk about his podcast who has a podcast very, it's not similar to mine, but it is similar to uh, the concept. It's about vinyl music. He does a playlist and, and kind of like a, like groove sessions and stuff like that, which is something that I would love to like kind of incorporate, but yeah. there's all types of weird stuff with that. Right. And so the uh -huh. podcast is called music is the key podcast. You should got, you guys should go check that out. Um, right, right down. Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's a it's a pretty dope, uh, pretty dope little project. And I hope they don't mind me talking about the group session. But the group session was just such a life for me. Like it gave me so much life uh, because here I was thinking that like, you know, I'm all about mentorship. I'm all about, you know, having, you know, people to look up to in this. And for for such a long time, uh, you know, I had an old wise old man in, in my old building that I used to live in. I told this story before, mm -hmm. um, and he kind of hit me to free jazz, right? He got me into that and, and, and showed me how to listen to that music. And I felt like I didn't see enough young or people my age, so that's not really young, <laughs> but people my age um, in the space of of jazz and black, black jazz music in particular, uh, who shared my experience me being black. And this group band, it was, they were awesome. It was, it was just, we, we chopped it up. And again, uh, I'll give out some IG names here. Black Liberation Music, uh, The Train Station, uh, DJ Ibrilandi Jazz. Um, I hope I'm saying that right. <laughs> and, um, and the other guy was Bruce Phillips, 15. Um, he's the guy with the, the podcast, uh, Music is the Key. And um, and yeah, man, it was just an amazing experience. Uh, I, I'm excited to get back uh, again. Shout outs to those guys and thank you guys for, for having me 
um, in that group. It was very much appreciated. And I encourage everyone, find your, Ryan, I know you already have this. I, I've seen some of the forums that you're a part of. Find your community because this this Definitely. hobby of, of collecting vinyl has a little bit of everything. And you can find like-minded, um, beautiful people, beautiful souls that share um, knowledge and share uh, wisdom with you. And so if mm -hmm. you're just getting into this, find that group, find, find that forum, find that, uh, that IG club or find whatever it is, you know, find it because it's out there with vinyl. So with that, I, that's like the announcement, I guess, of the show. Um, but we're going to hop into right into the topic. And Ryan, we have a lot to talk about today, brother. Yeah, and, let's do this. And so <laughs> with the, all of that said, right, that this is an awesome lush hobby. We, we all know that the records, the community and support, um, the records, of course, <laughs> again, um, all the shops who I love. I'm representing Birdland today. Birdland. Yep, yep, yep. Birdland over here in Northeast D.C., Go check them out if you haven't uh, and if you're in the area. Um, and, of course, the record artwork, which, you know, the uh, I, it's a huge reason why I collect is because of that artwork. It's it's beautiful. You hold it. It's physical. Um, it, it, it acts as essentially art in your in your in your possession. You, you own this art. You own a piece of this art. So uh, but there are a lot of things wrong with this community, too. And, and you know, me and Ryan are not strangers to this. Uh, and we, we talked about it when we had him on last a little bit. We talked we kind of gave an overview. Right. But today we're, we're hoping to get into a little bit more of the nitty gritty stuff. And with that, um, some of the things like the record prices skyrocketed. Like right now, that's a huge thing for for all like vinyl heads who've been into this for longer than you know five or six years like we've we've noticed a substantial uptick and because of the resurgence um record price is just going through the roof like uh you know i, I had to I, I was i was texting ryan about this i bought this eddie or eddie gale uh, i can't i don't know how you pronounce how you pronounce it ryan eddie gale gale eddie gale i was buying this eddie gale record um from discogs and i text ryan and i was like Hey man, like I'm looking for this record. I need this record. Like, but like, why is it so expensive? And he was like, <laughs> well, yeah, like, I mean, Vinyl Me Please did an edition of it and it sold out. And like, it was, it, it was that bad. And, uh, yeah. and, and, you know, I've had other experiences. Um, shout out to DJ IB I Land D uh, Jazz. Um, that guy, uh, he hit me to in that group that I was talking about earlier. He hit me to the fact that I paid a little bit too much for that Strata East record also um, that I paid for. I paid $150 for that record. I, I did a whole little thing about that on a show. And in that group, he was like, yeah, man, you shouldn't have paid more than 75 for that. Mm -hmm. So I, I got took for that record for sure. And, and it's going to happen, right? It happens because that's just where we are. The resurgence is at tip top. I think it, it's it's at its apex. And, uh, and, and right now, everyone including companies have begun to take advantage and milk the resurgence right they they're, they're exploiting these new collectors even some of these veteran collectors like myself who just want the record and i have no other option right and i'm not willing to wait they're exploiting that and so um and, and with that said too like the quality of the records that's a thing that we we kind of talked about in the pregame here um and we we all know that there are copies of records that are out there that are are not tip top and these mm -hmm. records are again exploiting new collectors because you know 
they're cheap or they're cheaper mm -hmm. and the, the the sound quality and ryan talked about this last mm -hmm. episode where we had him on where this can discourage new collectors because you get the record home it sounds like your cd or it sounds like you're listening to it and you know well on, on, more often than not uh -huh. with a lot of these things especially if it's coming from a reissue outfit or a company that's kind of working in this legal illegal gray area it you, you you're most likely listening to a cd that's actually just been pressed on vinyl yeah so who wants to do that yeah. <laughs> who so wants a to big do a big part you know i guess you know to just punctuate everything that you're saying um the source that the actual pressing and the music is coming from and the reputation of the company is 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 paramount with this mm. and like the metaphor i like to use is um you know some people a lot of people i would say a growing number of people are becoming more um conscientious of like where their food comes from yeah yeah, yeah. like where your meat comes yeah. from where you where your where your your fish how it's sourced um and obviously this is just music it's entertainment it's not as crazy or hardcore as like making sure like the stuff that you put inside your body mm -hmm. and like you you know um is like sourced you know ethically and it's it's sourced you know from from clean sources mm -hmm. but it's a very similar kind of idea very similar right where a lot of you know you'll know the quality companies and pressing places and reissue outfits they'll be very transparent with yeah. how they advertise their product this is where i got this tape this is how i pressed it this is who the mastering engineer was this is like the company that you know actually did the pressings so at least when a, when they're that transparent and upfront about that process you can you can do your homework you can google you can ask on the forums yeah, yeah, yeah. and when I, you get when you get a place like wax time where you don't you don't have any idea who they are mm -hmm. and who the people are behind the company and where they're located and all and et cetera et cetera that that's that should be a, a possible red flag to consider big, big red flag so today we are going to talk about how essentially we all play a cycle in this we all play a role in this whether it's it's you're being me and and being took by you know some discogs guy who who has a vinyl me please edition uh for you know a hundred dollars on sale for a record that he paid twenty dollars for originally yeah. um that's really that's really where i typically focus on is the discogs yeah. community who i, I yeah. buy a lot of records from and, and this dude is selling it sealed yeah number one yeah why why is it not open Right. Yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. We talked about that last episode. I've got issues with that. Yeah. Like yeah. you're gonna buy something that was released in limited, you know, many like years ago, mm -hmm. and maybe you bought two copies. So if you bought two copies and you've got a sealed copy as a backup, or you want to sell down the line, you've got a copy that you listen to. But more often than not, you know, you're buying a copy and you're not even interested in listening to the thing. You're just gonna keep it sealed and just kind of see how the market goes. Yeah. And, and you see gonna... that so much now in the community because they know that and, and 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 I use I think I use Flight to Brazil as an example mm. in one episode. But that was the most obvious to me is when when I saw that record that I bought from Vinyl Me Please, the the exclusive edition. I bought this record and I remember seeing it's one of my favorite Mad Love projects, by the way. Um, and I remember seeing after it had sold out, it just 
it literally went for 200 bucks and i'm just uh, like who who why why yeah. why why are you doing this to people who actually like this artist yeah. just because it was an exclusive edition you have a copy it's sealed you bought it yeah. to sell it when it got to its highest mark yes and that's my real issue with uh with yeah. discogs but today we are going to talk we have ryan back of course i mentioned that at the top of the show uh and we're going to talk a little bit about the reissue companies and their responsibility their role their part in this problem and i think ryan's going to give us some great insights uh i, I already know <laughs> because he's a very smart guy and knows a lot about this stuff um about how we can avoid this, how how we can how we can change this, maybe uh, you know I don't know maybe maybe just think about this a little bit more like like Ryan just said like being you know conscious about what we put into our bodies and our ears because at the end of the day this is entertainment but it's art there's a lot of effort that goes into it and you I think now there's starting to be a wave of conscious c consumerism right mm -hmm. where definitely where I think people like you and I. We want, yeah, we want the music, but now that our 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 collections are are good enough or are beefy enough, um, we're not just gonna buy anything, you know. Like we don't just want your your stuff. Um, we want the stuff to come from uh, a credible source. We want it to be given back to the artist in some way, shape, or form, or or contributing to the art artist in some way, shape, or form, and we want it to be good, really good. Not just regular good. So, um, so Ryan, first off, welcome back, man. I really, I really think that episode we did um, was just one of my favorites. We we talked about a lot of stuff. Um, we covered so much. We got to hear your beautiful voice sing, which was my favorite part. Everyone's favorite <laughs> part. Um, but can you explain to to those who may not know um, the role in of these reissue companies and how they're able to operate in this community. Yeah. So, you know, um, the general breakdown is, you know, a um, you've got a person and this this person is, you know, has some kind of dream or aspiration of reissuing uh, some recording or um, recordings that he feel he or she feels may be um, underrepresented or, you know, there may only be like an original uh, version of this particular recording that's mm -hmm. out there. So I think the first step is like, who is the person behind this reissue outfit? And kind of like, what's their philosophy? What's their motivation? Mm -hmm. What's their inspiration? But typically, you know, um, the people that I've interacted with that actually own these companies and run and manage these companies, they're not in it for money. They're not in it for profit. Um, except um, virtually everyone that I know in that kind of reissue that's managing these companies. Um, it's, it's about the music. It's about kind of the nostalgia. It's about mm -hmm. kind of the love and the passion mm -hmm. um, for the vinyl community. So number one, the, at least the people that, you know, I know and that I've interacted with that run these companies, uh, these reissue outfits, mm -hmm. um, they're starting and coming from a really, really good place. So, mm -hmm. you know, this person, They've got an idea um, and the next step is they need some kind of contact with um, a music label, right? Okay. So we've got, we've got three major music labels. We've got Sony, mm -hmm. 
Mm -hmm. um, we've got the Universal Music Group, mm -hmm. and then we've got the Warner Music mm -hmm. Group. Mm -hmm. Those are the three. They pretty much own yeah, they're the, everything. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Distribution. And then, <laughs> yeah, they, they own everything. They own all the distribution. Um, they have, you know, obviously they do their own thing, mm -hmm. but they have like their subsidiary yep. labels. Yep. Yep. So like the Blue Note catalog is managed by, you know, an actual president and board for Blue Note. Mm -hmm. And that is a sub subsidiary of um, the Universal Music Group. And just mm -hmm. for this discussion, just because this is where most of my knowledge and my kind of contacts are i'll just use the universal music group and the blue note subsidiary i love it that's kind of a point of reference i love it that's great um so let's say i'm i'm trying to um reissue something from blue note mm -hmm. um you know i'll try to reach out uh, blue note should have they have a person or like a department that like handles all these like requests um and i'll send an email or i'll call them up and more often than not, they, they won't answer. <laughs> it's basically how it works. So like the people that actually are able to reissue the stuff, they have some kind of personal connection, you know, because, you know, it's, it's the music industry. It's, yeah. it's very politically yeah. oriented. All it's about all connections, about all about who you know. Yeah. Um, so like, you know, like someone like a Joe Harley, mm -hmm. who's been in the game producing music and recording music and reissuing music, you know, for someone like him, um, that's not it's not an issue for him like you know it was blue note actually came to joe and was nice. like can you do this for us kind of thing yeah you were telling me joe. about that with yeah. um it, with the the tone poem with the that tone I, poem I, I mentioned yeah. uh, i mentioned with charles lloyd and mm -hmm. you said charles lloyd had something to do with giving yeah. him that name right yeah that's awesome yeah. that's awesome yeah so you know if i if you or me tried to contact blue note them they wouldn't even waste their time yeah. answering yeah our request unfortunately yes exactly <laughs> no. so you know we get that connection um let's say just by magic you know we get that connection and we get them to kind of sign off so uh, a license is created you know between the person trying to reissue whatever you're trying to reissue and the actual the music label okay and right that, here you said a license yeah. is created so yeah, they, they come to a they come to a, some type of a oh sorry we come to yeah. some type of agreement essentially yes. gotcha yeah now that license and this is the this may change may have already changed but within the past couple of years when you know the traditional license would fall under um it would have two major criteria um it would either be like your license to do a certain number of pressings mm -hmm. so when you see a reissue outfit say oh only 2500 only yep. 3500 yeah, yeah, yeah. more often than not that's dictated by the music label gotcha okay yeah. i never knew that i always thought so that, that was like them for being like... everyone listening out there again i go back to the random person that is running this reissue outfit more often than not they're they have very good motivations they're very good you know they're um they're coming from a really good place yeah but i just there have people out there have to understand that this person you know ultimately at the end of the day the license is dictated and the guidelines that dictate this license are pretty much from the music label i want to i want to put a pin right there just for a brief second to to talk about how informative that is for me because coming from this coming being newer to this space than than maybe you are i always thought 
that that number was dictated just by like some weird like scaled demand that they saw in the in the in the area maybe they saw that they could take advantage of maybe just 200 2000 copies like i have a lot of the the reissue exclusives that only have mm-hmm. 2000 copies and and i mm-hmm. remember thinking like oh they they're just doing this to see how you know i always thought it was like some weird game mm-hmm. so like yeah. it's really great that you clarified that like actually that's just the the term that's a that's an agreement that they came to yes. with the label that makes total sense yeah most of the people that manage the reissue outfits mm-hmm. um nothing would make them happier than to pro- keep on producing Flood thousands the market. And thousands <laughs> and thousands i mean at the same time they want to make money yeah, yeah. so they have to it doesn't have to. yeah it doesn't make sense for them to artificially limit their pressings mm-hmm. to art to inflate value on the user market because the money's gotcha. actually going to them gotcha, gotcha. so you know someone that's you know they you know this person might go to blue note uh i want to do i want to start off with ten thousand pressings mm-hmm. of this reissue once it, it got to that point and blue note might return back um no we'll allow 500 of them okay you know it could be anything and then you know i'm not there in that conversation um is there a possibility that there could be some where that discussion involves like well, maybe if we keep the pressings down, it'll kind of create the mystique. But, you know, I'm to sure, the best of my but... knowledge, most of the people that I know managing the actual reissue itself, mm-hmm. um, they want to press this thing a lot and for as long as they can. No, it's probably it's it's definitely not something where it's I don't think it's like, you know, some maniacal plan to you like, like I said, Correct. like have the, you know, have the fans like beg for this thing. Uh, it's definitely there's some mystique about it with the mm-hmm. i mean there's 200 it's, there's 2000 copies or there's 3000 copies mm-hmm. like get a copy or don't it's mm-hmm. it, i mean it's like that with records in general right and and now that there's a there's a clear resurgence there's a clear need there's a clear want there yes. like why why not it's so it's yeah. yeah i think it i think again that that makes perfect sense it yeah. explained to a t the the other part of that is like okay you've got this license you've got this agreement um i should also just add that sometimes a record label will say um not necessarily quantity of pressings but mm-hmm. there'll be like a time limit oh yeah i've seen that and too. or the license can be a hybrid you have this time limit and you're allowed this number of pressings but those are the two criteria for it's either based on time a couple mm-hmm. of years or a year or two and then for, or and or quantity but even if, okay, so once you get this agreement, um, you know, you need to figure out, okay, so who's going to cut your lacquer? I was going to say, yeah, that has yeah. to play, right? That has yeah. to play What's, into it because that's not easy. Yes. What source are you going to use? Um, you know, who are you going to get to press this? Mm-hmm. Um, and that all kind of influences like the final cost. All of these mm-hmm. costs, they're not being, um, the music label is not paying for these things. It's the it's the person, and typically these reissue outfits is one person, mm-hmm. and they have to. They're the ones putting in all the costs, so they're paying for the license. Also, I should also add that if part of this license is you using like an actual physical analog master tape, mm-hmm. which a lot of these reissue outfits try to do, mm-hmm. they have to pay for an insurance policy, yep. because that master tape is going to leave their vaults 
and the record label that's their only documentation of the actual recorded event so i know for the blue note master analog tapes we're talking about an insurance policy that's anywhere from five hundred thousand dollars to a million dollars wow but the person so the person that's trying to license this stuff Mm -hmm. from the label you know the label might say well yeah we'll we'll give the analog tape but you know we value that tape at a million dollars so you're gonna have to pay the insurance premiums Mm. which is significant while you have that and then the person that's running this outfit they have to pay the mastering engineer to cut it Mm -hmm. um they have to pay uh the pressing company to press however many copies they want to press it um so the the one person i think when all said and done we're talking this could be like a $50,000, $100,000 just initial investment Mm. to even kind of get the project to happen. So that's why one of the parts that's conflicted that conflicts me is that when I read comments online, people are just like, press more, press more, press more. Why is it so expensive? Why so expensive? Mm -hmm. I mean, we, we have to, we have to offer some patience and grace to the people that are running these outfits and these companies because it's their money they're doing it themselves they're taking on huge financial risk mm-hmm. um you know to try to provide us with something with a product yeah. that they they think we'll enjoy and the music label they're they're not you know they're helpful at the you know they 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 basically they dictate everything yeah um and all of that can happen and there's nothing stopping a music label from saying, you know what? We don't want you to reissue that anymore. Mm. Mm, yeah. Yeah. So, so imagine sinking all that cost. And there are some cases where this has happened, where someone has went to a music label, uh-huh. gotten the clearance to do this, do that. And they started getting the process taken care of. They've gone pressings. And at the last second, the, the music, the, the record label is like, nah, That's we, we don't want you to do that anymore. That is crazy, man. That would suck. That would suck really yeah. bad. Um, so, yep. So, what you're what you're essentially saying is that these companies, there's a labor of love involved in this because mm-hmm. it's it's extremely it's extremely tough. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's not as easy, clear cut as I once thought it was. Where I I just thought you know you you somehow you you weaseled your way into like getting some original tapes or, or a flack or something like that yes. and and then you 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 got your connect over there in the pressing yes. lab and you just yes. go to you go to town and so like yes. that that was my knowledge at first so yes. i'm glad that you cleared that up mm-hmm. um i want to talk about some of the companies who mm-hmm. are who are some of my favorite i talk about them all the time i talk about mr bongo i talk about pure pleasure where and soul jazz too but like where are where are they in all all of this because maybe i'm a little maybe i'm a little confused maybe i'm a little lost um because i think that you know uh they have a a great reputation with the Mm -hmm. quality work that they Mm -hmm. create and and Mm -hmm. they also have great relationships with Mm -hmm. with everybody right um so i mean are they are they good or are they are they bad essentially <laughs> yeah <laughs> I hate to yeah. put it that black and white but yeah i mean like it you have to look at it company by company mm-hmm. and then you have to ask yourself who is the actual person behind this company and mm-hmm. typically it's it's one person it's one person so i think just to provide perspective to your comment like um based on my experience my interactions like joe harley's not bad 
Yeah. He is a very awesome. He's I started following person. him on IG, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks <Yeah>. for that. <laughs> Link. So, you know, for me, it always comes down to the people. Yeah. It always comes down to the people. So, yes, you got the Tone Poet series as part of the Blue Note, which is part of this, but who's the actual person behind this? Mm -hmm. So, that's the first thing I would say, like when you're kind of assessing that. Mm -hmm. um, Whether they're good or bad, I mean. Yeah. yeah just like who's the person yeah and like who what's the person's what do they stand for yeah what do they stand for what's their philosophy what's their vision um and that that'll tell you almost everything you'll need to know um and just like we're currently in the space where you're a google search away yeah, um, yeah. this person Utilize. has done any number of interviews and podcasts yep. Yep. yep like once you know who the person is behind the reissue outfit that'll tell you everything you need to know nice and it breaks down to that. Nice, nice. Any, um, I know you talk a lot about uh, the tone poet. Um, that's an amazing one. Are there any other um, reissue companies that you're you're really fond of? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, the one of the um, the first one of my favorites is a reissue outfit called Intervention Records. Mm. So Intervention Records is owned managed run by uh shane butner okay. um and my interactions with him and his product have been nothing short of stellar um nice and you know and the check boxes that i'm looking at are in terms of like the company and the person um so like using quality sources um so he's someone that's pretty much dedicated to using the highest quality analog master tape mm -hmm. uh, that's possible uh which is like going to be the closest thing to the original recorded event uh traditionally okay. um if for whatever reason he can't access that you know um usually like record labels have like what are referred to as safety copies tape mm -hmm. copies okay. of that um because some record labels are may not be comfortable releasing the original the analog OG, tape OG, so they'll yeah. really copy makes sense um or uh, they have a very high quality studio digital archival version that's like 24 bit and crazy kilohertz and this is like studio level quality and mm -hmm. um even those like high resolution digital files um can produce um excellent vinyl awesome. um but more importantly if you click on any of these pressings from intervention, he tells you upfront what the source is. Nice. This pressing that you're buying is sourced from here and et cetera, et cetera, and et cetera, et cetera, so that it gives the consumer full transparency in their own research. And that's just a, that's a huge checkbox for me where yeah. if someone is so believing of their quality of their work, that they will tell you exactly where it came from they'll tell you exactly the farm that the cow yep, yep. was born and what the cow ate yeah and <laughs> and how and, and how they treated that cow until the end of its life mm -hmm. you know it's going to be some quality meat yeah I mean, that's just uh, that's just it's true. Conscien conscientious consumerism is yeah. basically what it is yeah. so uh intervention records is definitely that kind of place and then after that um quality source quality engineering because mm -hmm. he's using um he has a he has like a a stable of two to three of um mastering engineers okay. um and cutting engineers that he's using that are no that 
their reputation precedes them. These are like two, three of the best engineers out there that are doing this kind of work and using, you know, he has a stable of, I think he uses primarily a pressing plant, um, RTI based out in California mm -hmm. that just has a, one of the, uh, better reputations for, uh, you know, audiophile quality pressings and just quality pressings in general. Nice. So every step in the process is like the best that can be the best that can be um, the gate, the gatefold cover. Oh, I love gatefold. You know, yeah. <laughs> I love using, gatefold, um, using the actual, like, like the, the company they use is a printing company called Stoughton printing. That's been, I think in business for geez, at least 50 or 60 years. So this was wow. like a company that's was actually, um, they print the gatefold covers in the same kind of style that you would have found like in the fifties and sixties, yeah, yeah, like yeah. heavy duty yeah. laminated cardboard yeah, on yeah. like acid free archival paper, nice. you know, reproduced with the original Pantone color scheme. And just like, like there, there have been no compromises at any step in the equation and nice. all, and you know, still be still being sold to you usually at a, like a 35 ish dollar price point so that's reasonably cheap too so yes. essentially so you're getting yes. all of this quality for an amazing price because yep. i mean i don't rank something expensive until we get into that 60 70 yep. range yep. and typically records don't go for that much unless they're shipping overseas so yep. if you are paying that much for just a record, it, it, hopefully it's a, it's an OG or, or it yeah. has some sentimental value to you or, or whatever. But uh, but yeah, thirty five dollars yeah. that's amazing. I want to mention something really quickly. I um <laughs> I I have a lot of records that I get and and I'm excited. I I want them to be gatefold. And are you ever disappointed that a record isn't a isn't a gatefold? <laughs> No, not at all. <laughs> um, <laughs> only because the gatefold will take twice as much space. That is true. I just love gatefolds. It's like yeah, it's like the, I know. With the liner notes inside. It's yes. just like a book. And yes, it's, it's perfect. Um, whenever we take a break, I, I've got it. Yeah, but, breaks coming um, up actually. Yep. Oh, because <laughs> I need to. I want to grab one of my. I, I pulled out one of these intervention pressings, and actually, I'll pull out like as we're kind of going through different like reissue outfits. Mm -hmm. I'll pull out an example. Of kind of of each of these that I own, Sweet. just to kind of show you and give you kind of um, an idea. So that's kind of like you know intervention records currently, um, like them and like tone poet. You know what I like about the intervention record thing and Shane and what he does is, it's like, it's 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 just him, like it's wow. just him wow. and it's just his passion and it's his it's his heart and soul and his money and his investment. Mm -hmm. And he's not getting rich from this. <laughs> you know what I mean? Wow. And like nine times out of ten, when he when he tries to reach out to a record label to reissue something, mm -hmm. it's no or wow. he gets ignored. Wow. But like for that one out of ten times, and I'm probably being conservative, it could be even like one out of like fifty requests. But for that one out of fifty requests that he actually gets a positive like connection mm -hmm. and the record label to be on board he just he just pours his heart and soul into it 
Nice. And, you know, and it's like one of those things where you, you have it in your hand and I'll show it to you, you know, after our break. Yeah. yeah. Um, like you can just, you can just feel it. You can just feel the quality. That's awesome. Uh, That's yeah. awesome, man. And, and with that, I, I do want to, I do want to take a quick, uh, yeah. very quick break. And for, for, um, also for just for a note, we may actually cut this episode in two because me and you, we both, we both get into this and we'd be going like <laughs> yeah. that last episode, we did two yeah. hours, like almost yeah. two hours. Like, yeah. so, and I feel like with this one, like I'm trying to be more controlled. No, you're like good. Focused. Go, go <laughs> crazy. Go berserk. Go yeah. ham. As the kids yeah. used to say, yeah. I don't know if the kids still yeah. say go ham. I don't know, but, <laughs> not, but yeah, not like, my, not my kids. Okay. <laughs> But yeah, we're going to we're going to take a quick break and here is where we're we're going to go ahead and probably wrap up EP or episode part 1 of this uh very in-depth conversation with Ryan Claren around reissue companies. So, thank you for for joining me and uh and part 2 will be coming very shortly. <laughs> 